Notice anything different? That's right. No ad. Which means this space is available. So if you have a company or brand or product or anything really that you'd love to promote on 30 Pop, this is your chance. Just shoot me an email at the link in the show notes and I'll give you all the relevant details. Now, on to 30 Pop. Hello? Mom? Luke? I'm curious. (laughs) What? 30 years ago this past week, could you have ever imagined that you would today be enjoying your first full week of retirement? No. I thought I would work till the day I was planted in the ground. <laughs> well, how, how did it go? How was the first week? Well, it was wonderful. You know, I have every room marked on my calendar. I'm giving myself a whole week to do each room in the house from very top to very bottom, including curtains and all that stuff. So the first week, I did the first room. I mean... Took me down to the wire, but I got it. You make retirement sound absolutely whimsical. Oh, good. Well, right now, I'm out working in the backyard. Well, that's good. Getting a little break from cleaning? Well, I haven't started cleaning for this week. I'll probably put it off to the last second. Because I had to go to the doctor. I had to shop. You know, I had things I had to do. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody said retirement would be easy. No. I was exhausted last week. Just from that one bathroom. Well, I'm glad you got to retire. I'm glad you didn't have to work until thank the day you. that you were planted. I well, also thank you. just wanted to give you a heads up that Aaron's on the show again this week. So, oh my goodness, I, would you tell him to behave? I think he mostly did. I think there's only a couple words that you wouldn't like, and I think I bleeped them out. So, oh good. Well, I love listening to Aaron, but you know, I don't. You know what I don't like. So. <sighs> He knows what I don't It's weird like. how, how I could be your son, and I like it so much, but you don't. Well, you know, it could be a generational thing, or it could be a, maybe I'm just a prude. Either way, it's I appreciate okay. you listening, and I hope that you will you can be just completely caught up on podcasts now that you get to be retired. Yeah, absolutely. All right, you be good. All right, Come I love you, me. Mom. I love you, too. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. From Mill U Media Group, this is 30 Pop. A weekly peek back at the music, movies, sports, fashion, politics, and news from 30 years ago. I'm your host, Luke Braun. This is Season 2, Episode 10, Misremembered Movies and Lost Legends. Today we're looking back at the week that ended Saturday, March 10th, 1990. Hello friends, old and new, and welcome to another episode of 30 Pop. We've got some new folks joining us this week as I spent the last several days in Orlando, Florida at PodFest Multimedia Expo 2020 and met lots of brand new listeners. It was a fantastic conference and I highly recommend you make it out next year if you're even loosely interested in either podcasting or YouTubing. I've been to several similar conferences over the last few years and enjoyed them all, but there was something particularly special about the PodFest and VidFest vibe. In fact, real quick before we jump into all our 1990 pop culture goodness, a few folks I want to point you towards who I was able to connect with at the conference. First, if you're a podcast lover as I am, be sure to check out podchaser.com. If you don't know Podchaser, it's basically the podcasting equivalent to IMDb or Goodreads. I genuinely love their site and the team behind it. It's a really amazing way to connect with the folks creating your favorite podcasts and to find other similar shows. 
Another connection I made at PodFest this year was with Adela Mizrachi, whose last name I'm almost certainly mispronouncing, founder of the Podcast Brunch Club. I'd never heard of Podcast Brunch Club before this week, but I think it's a brilliant idea. Each week, someone in their community will curate a playlist of podcast episodes around a particular theme. Members listen throughout the week, and then they get together and share a meal and discuss the theme and the episodes they listen to. As a big fan of human beings connecting with other human beings, I think this is one of the best things happening in the podcast space, and I can't wait to check it out. They've got chapters meeting in over 80 cities around the world, including Houston, for those of you who are local. Lastly, as you know, if you've been listening to this show for the last few weeks, I lost my lifelong best friend and former 30 Pop guest Nathan Schartz a month ago, most unexpectedly. So it felt a bit serendipitous as I was leaving PodFest to head home to Houston that the last connection I made at the conference was with Shanae, with a C, Jackson, host of the podcast Sorry to Hear That, a show all about walking through grief. That may not be something you're especially in need of today, or maybe it is, but it's something you're bound to walk through sooner or later. So I definitely want to mention it. I'll be doing a deep dive on her show myself over the next few weeks, and you're invited to join me. I've included links to all these folks in the show notes, but I do want to mention that none of these recommendations are paid or solicited in any way. These are just folks I actually like. And now on to other things I actually like, from this week in 1990. As I often do, I'll start with music. Here are the songs and albums that were topping the Billboard charts 30 years ago this week. At the top of the hot country chart for the first and only week was Patti Loveless's song Chains, and at the top of the hot rap chart for the eighth and final week was salt and Peppa's Expression. The number one song on the hot R&B and hip-hop chart for the first week and the Hot 100 chart for the second of three straight weeks was Janet Jackson's Escapade. Well-deserved in my humble opinion, as I honestly still love that song. And predictably, the number one album in the country, yet again, was Paula Abdul's Forever Your Girl. Get used to it, friends, if you're not already. As I mentioned earlier in the season, over the course of the entire year of 1990, only eight albums will hold that spot, and we're already on number three. And we're just a little over halfway through Paula's reign. One notable album release from 30 years ago this week was the March 9th release of Kid and Play's soundtrack to Kid and Play's film, House Party. I've always remembered that movie and its first couple of sequels fondly, so I was shocked this week when I rewatched it with my dear friend Aaron Hale, only to learn that it's pretty terrible. We sat down and chatted about it a bit when the credits rolled in a segment that we call Film Depreciation. Aaron, welcome back to 30 Pop. How are you? I'm good, Luke. Thanks for having me. So we are back with a segment that we, I don't know if you and I have done it since our very first episode of the show, Film uh-huh. Depreciation. Oh, yeah. Where we're going to look back at a movie that we loved as kids yeah. and just see how it held up. Yeah, the first time I was on, we did it for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yes, we did. And it absolutely held up. Yeah, I mean, of course. Yeah, and still to this day, one of my favorites. One of the only movies I can watch Anytime, any day, anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So this week we're doing House Party. House Party. (laughs) So we just watched the movie together. We did. Okay. The movie turned 30 this week, March 9th, 1990. House Party comes out starring Kid and Play and Martin Lawrence. 
and I loved this movie. Oh, there's me no too. way that I saw this as a kid, though. Like when watching it back now, I'm like, yeah, there's no way I watched this as a kid. I had to have at least been a teenager before. Or I, saw this movie. I feel like it played on television. A Maybe lot. that's what it was and too. Yeah, so I saw an edited, edited version. versions. So there, yeah, there's a lot of stuff I didn't really remember. I, there, I didn't remember a lot of this movie. I yeah. haven't seen it in years. I kind of hope to not remember it. Yeah, soon. yeah, yeah. It, not Man, the movie that I thought. It did not. There hold are up. there are moments that are really great, but overall, it's really hard to watch. Yeah. After, I think when we were watching it toward the end, I was like, "How long is this movie?" Yeah. So we had a call a few weeks ago. You know, I called my brother at the start of the episode. I always do that, and I was telling him how this won like best dramatic film at Sundance Film Festival. Yeah, which is remarkable to it me. Is. Wild. There, okay, so let's go maybe pros and cons. Let's start with depreciation. What are the ways that this film has not held up over 30 years for you? I mean, Kid. <laughs> is it Christopher Reed? He – no, Chris Bridges is Kid. Chris Bridges is not a person in Kid and Play. There's Chris Reed and Christopher Martin. <laughs> Reed. Who's Chris Bridges? Is that I, ludicrous? That's <laughs> I could see Ludacris on this movie. If they remade it 10 years ago, 15 years ago, he totally could have played Kid. That's amazing. <laughs> you got to pull it together, man. Okay, so Kid. I feel like I... <laughs> I feel like I've mentioned Chris Bridges so many times while we were watching it. You did. That you were like, who the f- <laughs> I didn't don that's just because we just saw the credits. I saw Christopher Reed. <laughs> it, didn't, it wasn't clicking. <laughs> that's ludicrous. That's ludicrous. Chris okay. Bridges. Let's talk about Kid. <gasps> what was what has depreciated for you about Kid? Man, he is not likable in this movie no, at all. He's not. He's supposed to be like kind of dorky and endearingly yeah. dorky, I think, as he always is in these movies. Yeah, yeah. And maybe I'm putting too much because this was the first thing he was in, right? So, like, I mean, at least the first thing I saw him in. Sure. And I, I think I get this one in Class Act confused in some ways because Class Act I loved also. Yeah. And he was definitely like the nerd in yeah, that movie for sure. Yeah. And so I, I think I maybe put these two movies together in that way, but. Yeah, he's supposed to be like the hero or like the guy that you like through the whole yeah. movie. Like you're rooting for him. Yeah. And he is not likable. No, not I at never all. I never know who he is, what girl he's interested in. He's like kind of just playing the field, which seems to be sort of the thing for every character in the movie. They're yeah. just trying to get with whoever they with can. With whoever, yeah. Yeah. In my memory of this movie, there was a lot more of a hip hop, there was a lot more rapping involved. Yeah. There's not a lot of that, and even only really two scenes, and one of which does hold up, in my opinion. The which, other, which does not, the jail scene. So there's this the jail, jail scene, scene holds up. No, no. So it, there's a scene where he's in jail. He gets locked up for whatever, and he's surrounded by all of these humongous, muscular guys who are set on sexually assaulting yeah, him. Yeah, it is crazy and he's told by one of the other inmates that the only way to get out of it is to have some good jokes but he didn't have any good jokes so he starts rapping yeah and the audio all changes really really interested in yeah 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 it's and it's just stupid so he's like rapping about sexual he's asking these big guys what they're in for and one of them's like i punched a (laughs) cop out and then didn't no i I beat a cop with his own club and then didn't run and didn't run and then the other guy's like he's like what about you and he goes (laughs) 
this big dude with a cut on his face. Yeah. He's got like a bloody cut on his face. He goes, I used to run a daycare. And then, <laughs> and then immediately like there's like a pause and you hear Chris Reed go. <laughs> and it cuts to the next scene. And I don't know what. Not good things <laughs> are implied. Anyway, then he does this rap that is very homophobic and So that leads me to my first thing. Right. The whole film. And I get yeah. that like hip hop culture, especially back in the day, even somewhat today, super homophobic. I mean, it is just oozing in yeah. this movie. Like mm-hmm. everything is, you know, pejorative comments and I mean it's yeah. just it's so sort of abrasive. Yeah. In yeah. this otherwise like lighthearted movie. Right. The misogyny and the homophobia are too much. Yeah, and to totally go off in a different direction. Another thing that doesn't hold up in this is that the scenes, like I guess they just improvised a bunch. And so yeah. like, it's like the scenes go on way too long. Yeah. Not in a good way. Like they're not funny. It's yeah. like the actors who were improvising just didn't know what else to say. And yeah. so they just were using the same jokes over and over again. Or like it just felt uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And there's also like a really sexist, which is to be expected in some ways with high school kids who are like trying to get some, you know what I mean? Sure. But, but there are moments totally where it's not like, what they were going for. Though. No, you're supposed to like these characters, yeah. right? And some of them you really do. In fact, I think my favorite characters were like the bullies. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, they're hilarious. What's his name? Zilla? Stab Peewee and Zilla. Are Those the, are great names. Yeah. Almost as good as their real names, which are Paul Anthony, Bowlegged Lou, and Be Fine. But Be Fine is great. So I think we talked about this during the uh, while we were watching the movie that uh, Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff were originally supposed to be kid and plays parts in this movie, and I feel like it may have been better. Oh, I they, see. I can't imagine that it would have been better because okay, so Fresh yeah. Prince at this point in his career, there was no profanity. Like he was always like super. I mean, he always was in his rap career, but like sure. So to see him in a movie that was like this would have just been... I don't think his career would have had the same trajectory if he made a movie like That's this. That's probably true. But you would have at least liked the character. I mean, maybe, but we liked them when we were kids, too. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that like the things that they do in the movie is what makes you not like them as an adult looking back. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? And yeah. so it doesn't matter who's playing the roles. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, ah. Oh, it's gross. Not good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now let's talk about a few things that have held up over 30 years. What, for you, still works in this movie? I think most of the scenes at the party are pretty good. Mm -hmm. I really like the dance sequence and the 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 classic. Yeah, and the rap battle is great. I love that stuff. If that had been all the movie was, I would have loved it. Yeah, I love Martin Lawrence is still really, really funny. Oh, he's so good. I mean, he's already really, really funny. This has classic dads from 90s movies john John witherspoon Witherspoon and robin harris robin harris yeah who you said died like right after this movie he died yeah not long after it released wow so like 30 years ago next week yeah that he died that's crazy and he had another movie come out the same year like five months after he died mo better blues by the oh yeah spike Spike lee Lee. Yeah, yeah yeah Yeah, two classic dads. I mean, yeah. playing exactly the role that they play in every movie, but yeah. playing it to perfection. But, and Robin Harris is so... Well, I guess both of them, you could tell that most of their lines were improvised. Yeah. And you can tell, like, there are a couple of scenes where it's like the camera was just on them for too long, yeah. and they're like, okay. Which I blame the editor for that. I yeah, mean, oh, you, yeah you for sure. Clean I'm that not up. blaming the actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let those moments... Because it's not that it wasn't funny, it's just that it went too long. And John Witherspoon, of course, is just... 
plays his classic yeah. character so well. The angry next door neighbor, <laughs> constantly referring to Public Enemy as Public Enema. Like he I don't know how many so times many he used that joke. Yeah, so good. Yeah, so they held up. Yeah, what's the actress who played? I guess the love interest. It's hard Tisha to say. Tisha Campbell. Yeah, she's great in this. She was yeah. probably the best actor in the whole. For sure, we commented a couple times on that. That like yeah. they're clearly like rappers and dancers who are in a movie. Right. She's clearly an actress. We also learned that Kid and Play were background dancers for uh, Salt and Pepper. That's salt right. Salt and Pepper. <laughs> you said it right. Way to go. Salt yeah. and Pepper. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't realize that until you Googled or whatever, but yeah. to know that that's how they sort of rose to prominence. In I want to see like old videos. Yeah, that'd be fun. It, what's funny though is like I do remember loving Kid and Play back yeah. in those days. So they had a record that released right after this movie yeah. came out called Fun House. Yeah. The party's at the fun house. <laughs> and you keep making up new ways to sing that song. <laughs> I can't think of it, the melody. But then House Party 2, House Party 3, and Class Act were all like yeah. huge, yeah. huge movies. You know, I mean, huge in my world, at yeah. least as a little kid. But yeah. I loved them. Yeah, and now it's funny. I guess I've I combined all these movies together. House Party, House Party 2. I don't know if I ever saw 3. Are they in that? I think oh, so. Oh, yeah, because they're not in 4 and 5. Right. <laughs> which I cannot believe ever happened. But... I'm looking at this house party trivia. It says, is considered a cult classic highlighting the golden age of hip-hop music when its culture was centered around parties, fun, and consensual affairs rather than the drugs, violence, and misogyny that came after its predominance in the early to mid-90s. Hmm. Which, I guess we got worse. They got worse with yeah. the misogyny? Cause- so here's something I want to ask you about. You approached me probably a year or so ago with the idea of doing... A film festival, yeah, called House Party Film Festival, yeah, wherein people would have house parties and watch all of these short films or feature films. I don't know, yeah, yeah, and then watch House Party. I'm just curious, do you still want to do that? Having watched it, it's is funny. That still I was a good thinking idea about it you? when I was when I was watching it today. Yeah, so the idea was going to be that the house party would like close off the night, and but we'd have different houses around the country showing the same movies on yeah. the same night. So it'd be like small parties, but happening all at Still once. Still feel like a good idea? And then ending with House Party. And I was thinking it would be cool to have Kid and Play like be guests at the thing. We all watch House Party together. And no! Okay. <laughs> absolutely not. Were I, you thinking of Class Act? Do you want to do a Class Act film festival now? Is that... <laughs> well, it'll be take place at a school. Yeah. No, I don't know. Maybe we could still show House Party. I but don't think so. I, don't, I think no. I'd probably leave the room when it came on. Yeah. Because it's not... I hate it. I hate that I'm... No, I don't hate them. I hate that I don't like it anymore. Uh, yeah, it kind of... That, that is really disappointing. We watch Bill and Ted, and it holds up wonderfully, and you yeah. still love it, and it like reminds you. It's nostalgic. It reminds you of all that you loved about it. Yeah. You watch this, and you feel guilty forever having laughed Maybe you it. just like cut out little parts and... There's a lot to cut out. Yeah, I just mean cut out and keep. Cut out the yeah, little, yeah, the yeah, few yeah, yeah. little. Things. Then there is not a lot to cut out. If yeah, that's the case. And which it's going to be the dance the house party short and, film that, that <laughs> this true. is based it's on. It's true. It's the dance battle and the rap battle. That's what we would, yeah. what we'd be left with. Yeah, I I can't think of anything else. Yeah, maybe Martin waiting to get picked up. Yeah, and being angry. I I don't know. Yeah, he did. He did have some Martin. So like he's the, the show he's Martin. The, he's the other one character. besides Tisha Campbell. That you could tell in this, like he already sort of knew who he was yeah. as an actor and a comedian. Yeah. And he kind of crushed it. I mean, he, he didn't great. have like a huge role, but he played his role really, really well. Yeah. Dragon breath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay, so overall, we're saying we're overall, saying no. Yeah, uh, hold up. Mm-mm. Maybe we need to watch part two and part three. I mean, I will if you want. Next year, ninety one is House Party two, okay. so maybe I'll have you back when on. When is Class Act? Is that ninety two? Ninety two. So we'll give them a couple more shots. Yeah, but right now, just doesn't, doesn't hold up. I'm sorry, kid. I'm sorry, to play. I would still love to have you on the show. Do if, you prefer kid or play? You know, I like them each for. I, it's hard to answer that question right now, having just watched this movie. Yeah, I'm trying to look past that and just say I like each of them for different reasons. I don't think that the characters that they play in all of these movies are terribly far from the reality. <laughs> I think the <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. play probably is you know the ladies' man and yeah. kid probably is the super smart whatever. You know? Yeah, That's I prefer my impression. play. Okay. <laughs> Maybe even more so after watching this, but I always have liked to play better. Yeah. I mean, he always plays the cooler character. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's a character, but... No, that's what I mean. Like, in the characters that they play. I don't mean them as people. Yeah. I don't know them as yeah, people. Yeah, 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 yeah. You always like plays characters. But I'd like to better. hang out with play more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one thing we didn't talk about uh-huh. that you commented about is the fashion in the movie. Oh, it's the best. It is. I love every outfit in this movie. What was your, if you had to wear one of those outfits right now, today, which one would it be? I know my answer, but I'll let you go first. I got to like go through because I, I have one ready, but I don't know if it's the one I would choose. I have to think about it. Who wore it? Play wore the one I'm thinking of at the very beginning of the movie. That's the one for me too. With the clocks. Oh, it's so good. He's got a clock on his pants and a clock on his shirt. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, fun. that was super tight. Although he looks pretty smooth, pretty nineteen ninety smooth at the party as well. Uh, totally, and every hairdo is oh man, on so good. Point. I mean, and like totally, the the hair holds up. Yeah, all of those hairstyles would still work today. Absolutely. Yeah, which is so funny. So I weird. love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, unfortunately, hair and fashion is not enough to make a great Mm-mm. film, and. No house party i'm sorry you just don't hold up doesn't hold up sorry guys but aaron i'm so glad you were here to talk about it me too thanks for having me i'm glad we got to watch it together yes it was fun okay let's do our dance okay the party's at the fun house (laughs) see ya It is such a gift to not only be friends with Aaron, but to get to sit down and reminisce with him every so often. Now, ironically enough, there was another movie that released 30 years ago this week that I did not remember fondly. But after re-watching it this week as well, I can't even begin to understand why. The first Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan rom-com, Joe vs. the Volcano, released on March 9th. It is so good. I'm sure you all knew that, but all I remembered from seeing this as a 10-year-old kid was that it was super boring. And now it may be my favorite Hanks-Ryan collaboration. But neither of those films were at the top of the box office this week in 1990. That spot went for the second straight week to Sean Connery, Alec Baldwin, and James Earl Jones' The Hunt for Red October. Lastly, in sports, we had a fair amount of sad news on March 4, 1990. First being the shocking death of promising college basketball star Hank Gathers after collapsing on the court at Loyola Marymount University during a WCC semifinal game. It had been discovered a couple of months earlier that Gathers suffered from an abnormal heartbeat when he collapsed during another game in December of 1989. He took a few weeks off and began medicating, but because of the way the medication affected his gameplay, he was still figuring out the appropriate dosage. 
His game had fully recovered, having scored 48 points in one game, being guarded by future Hall of Famer Shaquille O'Neal, and grabbing an unbelievable 30 rebounds in another game, each in the month leading up to his death. But his heart condition simply didn't improve, and he died shortly after arriving at a nearby hospital on that March 4th. I had the tremendous gift of hopping on a phone call this week with his best friend and former teammate, Bo Kimball, to talk about it. Mr. Kimball, welcome to 30 Pop. Thanks so much for being on today. Thank you so much for thinking of me. Of course. So 30 years ago this past week was the tragic passing of who I believe to be a college basketball legend, Hank Gathers, and a dear friend of yours, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Hank Gathers and I played uh, nine years together at Dobbins Tech in Philadelphia in high school. And then we played five years together in college, uh, one year at University of Southern California together, and then we transferred uh, to Loyola Marymount in Los Angeles. And I know his passing has had a tremendous impact on your life and still affects some of the work that you're doing today. Isn't that correct? Uh, Yes. Well, I um, I have a foundation, a nonprofit foundation called 44 for Life, which was Hank Gather's number. And unfortunately, about nine years ago, another gentleman died. His name was Robert Carter. And I didn't know CPR. I didn't know first aid. And I was one of three people fanning this guy with a towel until the paramedics came. The paramedics came in about five minutes. But Robert Carter, who was 38 at the time, he died that evening. So as a result, I became a CPR instructor. And our nonprofit, we donate defibrillators, sell defibrillators, and we create awareness to let people know that if you don't have a defibrillator handy, it's very important that you learn CPR. So very proud to, in honor of Hank and Robert Carter, uh, you know, to, to save lives by uh, with the foundation. That's amazing. One of the things that I've always been just so curious about was, uh, well, first of all, just the experience. I, you were playing in the game that he collapsed. Is that correct? Yes, I was. Well, he fell one time in, against the University of Santa Barbara earlier in the season. He missed about four weeks of play, taking a, a series of, uh, you know, tests. And with the combination of him having a, a, the medication and getting back on the court, they tried to balance that out. If he took the full dosage, he was very sluggish and wasn't able to be Hank Gathers on the court. So they went back and forth with the dosage. And uh, unfortunately, 30 years ago, March 4th, 1990, uh, Hank Gathers collapsed and died on the court. Man, that is just unbelievable. Uh, one of the things that always kind of gets me about his story is that he's remembered more for his passing and that how tragic that was than just celebrated for his career. Well, I think it's a combination of the two. Um, when Hank Gathers was alive, Loyola Marymount averaged over 100 points a game, which is still a record. And we were number one, the highest scoring team in college basketball all three years. Our TV ratings were through the roof. And so we were the most exciting team to watch when Hank Gathers was alive. With our style of play, full court press the entire game, shooting the ball every five seconds, that was exciting for the fans. So by being in Los Angeles, a lot of people all over the world, but particularly Los Angeles as well, had a chance to know Hank Gathers, the great person. And I think when Mm -hmm. Hank died, you know, people identified with the tragedy of here's a great, incredible young man that, you know, that people got a chance to know. And life was cut short well, too. So he, he yes, he, he's remembered for how he died, but he's also people, it really just drawn to people because they identify with Hank Adams, the great person as well. And Hank did in 23 years with some people who've lived to be over 100 have never, ever done. 
and hmm. such a short life. And so I'm very proud to be associated with his legacy. I personally think of how Hank Gathers lived, not how he died. Yeah. And people very close to Hank, whether it's our teammates, whether it's his family, I can promise you that they think about him every day, multiple times a day. Yeah. His spirit, his energy, everything about Hank Gathers was positive, funny, upbeat. You know, it was just all of those great things. So we don't, well, at least I can speak for myself. I think of how he lived, not how he died. Yeah. And I celebrate his life all the time. So about a year after his passing, you wound up starring in the film Heaven is a Playground, which I grew up loving. I still own to this day, believe it or not. And I always thought it was interesting that your co-star in that movie, Victor Love, went on to play Hank Gathers the next year in the TV movie of his life. Were you connected to that in any way? I was. I, I uh, met with Victor Love, uh, and I met with their uh, with the TV crew who were portraying uh, myself and Hank Gathers. I think Victor Love did a uh, an incredible job in that movie. Uh, he's also played in Heaven Is a Playground with me, co-starred. You know, he just captured as best he could what Hank was like on and off the court. And I always say I'm humbled by the fact that once again. You know, Hank Gathers in just 23 years of life has done so much that people thought enough of him to want to do a movie about his life. Yeah. So, you know, it's very humbling being from North Philadelphia and watching his growth, watching the hard work that he put in. And just from a little bias standpoint, very, you know, honored that they thought enough of my buddy Hank Gathers to uh, even to do a movie portraying his life and, and all the things all the great things about him on and off the court. That's amazing. And I'm so thankful to get to honor him this week on the podcast by having you on. Thanks so much for your time and just for being willing to be a part of the show. Oh, thank you very much. Can I tell you a little bit about what I'm doing now? Please, yes. So I have a, a, a cryptocurrency mortgage company in which the name of the website is www.assetcoin.gold. And we lend not on your payment history at all or your FICO score at all. We lend on your income to debt ratio and your ability to pay for the mortgage. Also, if we ever foreclose on you, a certain amount of equity will always stay with the borrower. This is going to change the world for middle and low income families. Mm. And I'm a co-founder of this organization. That's amazing. And the name of our coin is Asset Coin. Perfect. Well, we'll definitely link that in the show notes also so folks can check that out. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Bo. I really do appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. Anytime. All right. Bye. Okay. Take care. Thanks so much to Bo for taking a few minutes to be on the show. The other sad news from March 4th, 1990 was the birth of Golden State Warriors power forward Draymond Green. I'm kidding, of course. I don't particularly like Draymond, but I suppose it's fine that he was born. So, Draymond, if you're listening, on behalf of the entire 30 Pop Nation, allow me to say, have a satisfactory birthday. That does it for me today, friends. Big thanks, as always, to my dear friend Aaron Hale for the laughs and extra hours of editing that always accompany his visits. It's always worth it. And again, huge thanks to Bo Kimball for being on the show. You'll find links in the show notes to all the amazing things that he's doing today. And last, but certainly not least of all, thanks to you, dear listener, for once again allowing me to be a part of your week. I hope to see you back again next week for Season 2, Episode 11. But until then... As was said to the great Joe Banks before he bravely ventured off to appease a fiery volcano, may you live to be a thousand years old, sir. 
30 Pop is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Luke Bronner. Our artwork is by the amazing Heather Hale. To check out more shows from Mill U Media Group, visit millumedia.com, which is linked in the show notes for this episode. And if you have a story from 1990 that you want to share on the air, email 30poppodcast at gmail.com. 